would have thought that games would one day be associated with a disorder you know when i was a child school going student way back in 70s and 80s game was a synonym with the absolute joy of spending time with your friends the fields the running around the beauty of getting tired that is how i always saw games and then digitalization happened and the games shifted from the real fields to the virtual world and then as young minds started exploring the world of games today we are where we are where icd 11 added gaming disorder i am dr samir parekh i am a psychiatrist and the director of the fortis national mental health program fortis healthcare you are listening to the mind pod conversations on mental health brought to you by my upchar and the fortis national mental health program and today's conversation is on gaming disorders i am joined by two um, young psychiatrists dr rupika durjati who is a psychiatrist with sukhoon which is clinically governed by the fortis national mental health program and dr jatin tarwani who also happens to be an addiction psychiatrist and works with fortis healthcare so welcome both of you let's start with you uh, jatin uh, you are an addiction expert so i had to ask you this um, you know all this while when people talked or thought about addictions it was always about substances and from substances we are now talking about behavior so can behavior be addictive in the context of gaming disorder yes uh, it can be addictive though it was not thought earlier because we were unable to see it but now with the advent of internet specifically when we talk about the gaming behavior many people were found that they were addicted in a very similar manner as they were addicted to substances they were having the same kind of problems whether it was family problems or work related problems or financial problems so yes it was also found that the, specifically the gaming behavior and specifically the gambling behavior they are currently a very recognizable entity by the world health organization though there are research done on many other kind of behavior but at the current time gaming and gambling are very recognizable entity so let's focus on gaming disorder here and before i come to you rupika jatin if you could help us first understand the key aspects of identifying when a person has gaming because uh, i can ask you that i play games how would i know if it's uh, i am addicted to it or not because over diagnosis and labeling is as much a concern here because what we need is that people should be aware and if they start struggling they should be able to seek help and intervention at the right moment so that their lives are not go through long term impairment so in that context help us understand how does a gaming disorder look like or how can i identify if let's say i was playing a game how would i know that i'm addicted to it dr parekh the number one feature is the regulation if you are able to regulate your gaming behavior for example if you decide that you will play for 2 hours and you stick to the time limit you decide that you will play 3 days a week you stick to the time limit that is well that is good but if you are unable to stick 
despite trying it repeatedly you play sick for 6 hours in a day or let's say after promising yourself or the family members for 3 days a week you are playing 7 days a week and and because of this there is problems in your academic domain you are unable to study properly you are unable to sleep properly because you are playing the games and then you are waking up late you are not eating properly your relationships are getting damaged you are not talking to your friends so if there is impairment at various levels if you are unable to regulate so this can be very basic thing with which you can identify that the person may be suffering from a gaming disorder for which further assessment can be done after they can visit a mental health professional and finally a person can be diagnosed or cannot be diagnosed by of, of course it has it has to be done by a mental health professional only so i mean besides the diagnosis aspect and i think what is important here is it's not merely about the duration it's about whether it has an impact on your life and i think that aspect all of you listening should understand coming to you rupika on this uh, if you could elaborate this when we used to talk about substance use addictions we used to talk about tolerance withdrawal uh, some of those uh, conventional words that we would uh, be using when we talk about addictions do they apply here as well in gaming disorder if they do if you would also help us understand how do they look like and what is happening in our body if both aspects you could address so certainly the withdrawal or the tolerance as jatin mentioned are the same with a gaming disorder as are experience with substance use the highs that are experienced after consuming the substance are also similar it could be related to the rewards experienced during the play or the socialization that one experiences and so these highs initially could be attained after 2 to 3 hours of game play and later it could be the whole day spent playing and still the same amount of high not being gained so the individual keeps craving for the same high and eventually experiences withdrawal symptoms such as anxiety irritability even becoming aggressive when the game play is not continued and that leads to a cyclic behavior that they go on trying to continue playing and not being able to stop themselves from doing so so let me add on a question here rupika so we know that when you take a substance a certain let's say chemical inside our body is activated and when it starts falling down we experience withdrawal does something similar happen to a behavioral addiction like gaming absolutely so dopamine is the main chemical which is responsible for the experience of reward or or high which is secreted in the brain so when there is imbalance in the dopamine levels in our brain there is loss of regulation and loss of control over our behaviors and we go into a loop of repetitive behaviors so what you are saying is that because i was playing a game certain chemical changes happened in my body and because i am repeatedly playing the game after a while those chemical changes become completely dysregulated which i don't really have a control over which cause me um, difficulty in changing my behavior right yes so when we are not getting the same amount of high our body will start showing withdrawal symptoms wanting to get that high and that leads to the repetitive behaviors so coming to you jatin so what is happening is that i started playing a game like probably with my friends or i was wanting to just explore this 
had no intentions uh, that it will one day become addictive and because i was experiencing the kind of high that rubika talked about and i didn't realize that the half an hour became an hour hour became 2 hours and 2 hours became 4 hours i didn't realize that my sleep started getting compromised my work or academics started getting compromised and gradually my life became the game or everything around and about my life revolved around the game which had an impact on my family which had an impact on my work or academics had an impact on my physical health and that's how a gaming disorder looks like so before we come to the treatment i wanted to understand from you how do we ensure that it doesn't reach this level what is the preventive approach a young person can have i mean surely in today's time there be young people who'd be playing games we have to accept that reality what education can be given to them that we can prevent gaming disorder and would that be a right comment that can gaming disorder be prevented gaming disorder can indeed be prevented though we are not uh, too much concerned about the gaming per se but the disorder level thing we are definitely concerned and it can definitely be prevented so we have to know that it is an entity we have recognized that uh, this is an entity all over the world that this disorder exists the knowledge of this disorder if the parents have this knowledge if the youngsters have this knowledge they can be very well remain cautious of how much they are playing they can decide on let's say 2 hours a day first is the decision that they have to make that they should not uh, violate 1 hour or 2 hour limit whatever they are setting for themselves then they have to arrange their life in a way that the life is totally balanced they are giving time to their studies they are giving time to their sports whether indoor games outdoor games they are giving time to their family members to their friends to other aspects of life also so if we want to prevent it we have to live live a very balanced life so if we go accordingly and uh, focus our energy and our and our time to different aspects then there is a possibility that if even if you play game for one or two hours a day or three or four days a week you can prevent having a disorder level problem i think that's very important although i must say this to all young people listening uh, i believe that when it comes to uh, prevention of addictions my mantra was always say no every time every time continue to say no and if you don't use a substance how can you ever be addicted to it but when it comes to gaming just remind yourself that you you should be in control of your life your time and the time you spend on a game and the fact is nothing substitutes what you experience in the real world whether it is your friends and the fun that you have whether it is your family and the fact is that as you move forward in your life you would need your academics your skill sets to also develop and grow if you start spending more and more time into an isolated indoor activity a lot of your social development also gets affected these are thoughts for all of you and for parents we need to be aware about gaming disorder and its existence for educationists listening here we should keep talking to school going 
students, college going students about gaming awareness to everybody who um, can advocate and talk about gaming disorder. I insist that you raise the bar of our awareness because our collective focus needs to be into prevention. And then, yes, if we have young people who got um, addicted or who are showing signs of the gaming disorder, then yes, we look at intervention in terms of a clinical intervention. But our prevention approach has to be the key. Because in years to come, we may be talking about other behavioral disorders as well. We don't know which ones would become the form of a disorder. That's where, ask yourself a question and picking up from what Jatin said, a balanced life where you are in control has to be your goal. And that is how you navigate your way through the maze that life is and the darts that life throws at you and the constant changes that will keep happening. But you should be the one in power. So that's something important. Coming to you, Jatin, uh, how do you treat gaming disorder? So the first thing in the treatment when the person of suspected gaming disorder comes to a mental health professional is the assessment, which is done on the very comprehensive level on multiple domains, whether it is physical, psychological, familial, social or academic levels and the comorbidities are seen. Subsequently, according to the problems of pharmacotherapy, that is the medicines or the psychotherapy, the talk therapy is advised. Sometimes a combination of that is given. And one should not expect that it will get treated in a day or two. Sometimes it requires weeks and at times months also. So one should be hopeful and the treatment is there and the treatment is effective. So one should seek intervention as soon as possible. Coming to you, Rupika, on this, uh, help us understand that, uh, yes, medicine is one, but um, what are the kind of uh, psychotherapeutic approaches that are used uh, in the treatment of gaming disorder? So behavioral uh, modality of management remains the primary form of therapy that would include self-monitoring at an individual level that they monitor the time uh, they are consuming in gaming throughout the day and a particular time in a day set for that and a planned day with activities where uh, there's no time to do anything else or get distracted would be beneficial. Then parental controls in the form of screen time or locks on the gaming apps which work only for a few hours in a day can benefit especially if it's a child who, who has the gaming disorder. More recreational time, uh, engagement with peer group and social activities. Then uh, there could also be a focus on enhancing the self-esteem and assertiveness that would help them in uh, forming better relationships with peers and family and gain more rewards there instead of resorting to gaming to gain the same. Coming to you, uh, Jatin, on this, uh, if you could just help us understand what could be the preventive strategies at a societal community level that can be implemented, which can reduce gaming disorder prevalence in the future. So when we talk about the social and the community level and how we can prevent it, we have to focus on the schools, we have to focus on the media, we have to focus on the community. In schools, we have to talk, uh, talk about certain skills that the children should learn very early in their life, uh, whether it is life skills, refusal skills. They should know about what is a normative behavior in gaming. They should know about that a gaming disorder exists. At the community level, the, the, there is role of media about education, 
there is role of parenting trainings so if we are able to do that though there is some difficulties are faced at different pro, uh, levels but if we are able to do that we can go a long way in preventing this kind of problem yes that is true and i would also leave a food for thought for gaming platforms in the industry i don't think it is about stopping i don't believe that stopping something banning something are the only way to resolve issues i think education ownership and responsibility are very very important so how about a food for thought for the gaming platforms how about using the platform also for education young people like to play games but how about making them aware of when the line is being crossed reminding them you've spent more time here how about taking a break encouraging a balanced life encouraging physical social activity when it comes to individuals awareness is the first step but yes media literacy in schools assertiveness social communication skills managing peer pressure go a long way in preventing addictive behaviors including gaming disorder the role parents and teachers have the role media influencers role models have is also there at the same time experts have their own role one of them being educate people and advocates need to continue talking about it these conversations shall go on you keep listening to us this is the mind pod conversations on mental health brought to you by myopchar and the fotis national mental health program next time we have the conversation on depression till then see you and take care thank you goodbye